Hey guys, and welcome to Aussie Beer Voyage. We have travelled this time for episode 27 to Maddock Brewing. We were already there, two episode day when we were at Maddock. Um, we chatted to Craft Punks previously and then after that all got packed up and put away. We sat down with Annalise and chatted to her, drank some beers, Jimmy showed us around the brewery. If you like Belgian beers and you want to get involved, this is the place to go and check them out. They're an amazing brewery, they're the most loveliest people um, and you know what? They make cracking good Belgian beers. If you can't get over to Belgium, go here and you'll be uh, treated to some of the, the best beers that you're going to taste in Australia because they've got the awards to back it up. So can highly recommend it. But yeah, get into the episode and see you on the flip side. Bye. Aussie Beer Voyage is brought to you by Craft Punks Canning. Craft Punks Mobile Canning is a state-of-the-art packaging solution for craft brewers, cider makers and artisanal beverage producers in southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales. Bintani. Bintani is a wholesale distributor proudly offering a wide range of the world's highest quality ingredients for brewing, distilling, beverage and food manufacturing. Convoy. Formed in 2019, Convoy is the leader in keg pooling across Australia and New Zealand, disrupting the beverage and hospitality industry with its smart Internet of Things technology and innovative metal. Rallings Labels and Stickers. Rallings is a leading provider of high quality labels, stickers and packaging products. Established in 1930, they take great pride in their ability to transform your ideas into design concepts and printed products. Alright, well we're here today, we're going to talk to Annalise about mm -hmm. Maddock and all things fun and beer and Belgian and yeah, well let's learn some weird stuff. So what's going on, where are we at? Welcome to Maddock. Um, yes, so being the Belgian brewery for Australia, the only Belgian owned and operated brewery. Um, yeah, welcome. Thank you. What do you want to know? Ah, well, first, what is all this? Because you've got a whole bunch of stainless in that room as well. Um, this, well, um, I'm glad you walked in through this side. This is actually, and I'll tell you later, okay. this is our um, garage kit. This is where we started it with. We started our journey into brewing out of a residential garage in Pacific Pines and this is our brew kit. It was purposely designed for our 36 square meters and as okay. you can see it's built on a frame and it's yep. got its fermentation vessels at the back. But look at the tiny little hatch yeah. of the grain. Um, it's, it's like yeah, that's not a scale. That's not a manhole. That's, a, yes. that's, a, that's barely a spade hole. Yes and here he is. Hey Jimmy. Jimmy. Hi, I'm Jimmy the victim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it brews good beer. <laughs> and anyway. <laughs> How big are these? What what sort of? Oh, it's, it's only 200 liters. Yep. It's um, it is steam jacketed, so I can do step meshes on it. Everything just works like the big one. We used to run on a little steam generator that yep. sits there in the corner there, that white and blue one. So oh, yep. I had a steam-powered brewery in my garage. Yeah. And now it's big, and now it's hooked on, on the big onto one. the main steam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it works fine. Yep. We just don't use it enough. That's yeah. One of those things. Yep. Uh, and just the three fermenters for it. Yeah, three fermenters. Then those used to be in our garage as well, believe it or not. Oh right, okay. Yeah, those two. The two ones, yeah. And so I used to do like double batches or triple batches in it. Yep. Just get volume up. Yeah. yeah. Hindsight, it probably would have got to be 400 litres. Yeah. But then you wouldn't have a cool proper size pilot kit. That no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And it's fully automated, so I can actually put all the temperatures in. Yep. Temperature so it's quite cool. Yeah. Would you do three brews on a day to fill one of those? Uh, that would, um, we'd do two in a day easily. Yeah. And then the third one the next day. Yeah. When they were installing it in our garage and then we were promoting it out on Facebook, people commented on it as in, oh, I thought it was a lab map, a meth lab they were installing. <laughs> yeah. It appeared to be Great a brewery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good lab, yeah. But it's not so clean now. It's, well, it's, uh, it's been sitting there. Yep. Next time I want to brew, I'll, I'll clean it the day before and yeah. sanitize everything. So. Dusty. Yeah. Yeah, but let's have a look at the big. Hundred percent. Yeah, let's stuff. check out the big one. Seen the milling room. Yeah. Oh, there. Come, come this way. Oh, okay. Probably Excellent. Uh, oh wow. Is that your old bottling one? Yeah, my bottling yeah. machine. We still use it for the big bottles. Yep. So this is the milling room, and this is actually. 
the batch for next week. That grain is already weighed out and it's ready to go. Yeah, excellent. So a little platform and then you've got a two-row mill. So you don't have to lift that high. You can do yep. it that way. So, and then the auger. Um, yep. Called my little Steven takes it up to the room, uh, to the awards, uh, to the grain. Yep. Chris silo. Is that just a cycle auger? Yeah, yeah, it's like yep. a chain. So yeah. you could say where the buckets go up and they come down again. Yeah. But the cool, the cool thing with that is like, it's not like an auger. Yep. An auger, when it gets um, a bit yep. older, it stretches. Yep. And it starts milling the grain. Yeah. Because this is kind of... Just pulls it. Form and yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, there's no churn of the... Yeah, yep. otherwise you can have that. It's like milling the second time. Yeah, we found that at Helios. If we milled too fine going up, straight up, um, the fine grains would get around the edge of the auger and could fall down. Oh, and yeah. would and keep milling, milling. And yeah, and then would block it up. Like oh, yeah. If you got too yeah. fine, it, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is pretty good. Yeah. Basic, but yeah, good. If it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd love to have upgrade my mill one day, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everything would be good to upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's now sitting there and doing nothing for yeah. the moment. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. Um, and, uh, and so you guys are a little bit unique as well with your um, your mash ton is jacketed, right? Yeah. So that you can do step mashes and yeah, yeah, yep. a small one as well. But yeah, okay, uh, yep. Step mash as well. So kind of all the beers that we make are almost step mash. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we can actually mash at different temperatures. Yep. Uh, so you can actually see the jackets up. So you're right. I'm close enough. So yep. we've got a bottom jacket and a top jacket. Yep. So that gives me the ability as well, like if you want to do a small batch. Uh, that I can do that as well yeah. because I can put them on and off separately. Yep. Uh, do you ever have the need to have that one on like a lower temp and that one on a higher temp just to get the little bit that's up there uh, or you're never at those I sort of levels? I can't, I can't do it separately that way. Yep. It's like all they work together or it's just... Oh, problem. okay. Yep. But it mixes really well so I've got an auger in it. Yep. So it's yeah, never an issue. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got the grist hydrated there. Yep. So mill the day before and on the brew day itself, we this is my mixing station for yep. hot water. I can actually have a look from upstairs if that's better. Yep. And, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so with my temperature control there and my flow meter. Yep. So I actually know like, okay, I'm gonna start mashing with 900 liters. I'm just saying something. And it has to be for a certain beer, like 60 degrees. Yep. Uh, I can actually mix it in and whilst it's green is mixing with the water. Yep. Uh, hydrating. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's already at the perfect temperature. Right? Yeah. Straight away start mashing in. Yep. So mashing in probably takes me 50 minutes. Yep. Not even. And then it's off. And then I have to press the bottom and it does all the steps. Yeah. So pretty good. Yeah. What's the What's the advantage of having a jacketed mash to be able to do step mashes? What's uh, What does that do for your beer? Oh, it gives you fermentable and unfermentable sugars. Yep. So it can make a beer sweeter, can make it drier. Uh, and I did experiment a lot with that on the small one. It does make a big difference. Yeah, okay. So you would say like, oh, yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference, but it actually does. Yep. So it does help yep. uh, to get to that final product. You yep. Um, Is that a purely like a Belgian-style thing? Like, or do you find that you could brew... Australian beers on it that could do with some step mashing. Oh, I do that on uh, when I make my American pale ale. Yeah. Oh, that's all step mashed. Yep. Uh, less, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. Like in, uh, but yeah, I tend to do it on all the beers actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, even even a lager, we would start low and then yep. crank it up just yeah. protein rest or whatever. So yeah, we, yeah, a lot of step mashing. Yep. Actually, yeah. almost, and then always I'll mash out at well. 78. Yep. So I have that ability as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it makes it easy, I reckon. Yeah. And versatile. Yep. Um, How big is the kit? It looks big, but it's small. It's only uh, 15 hack. Yep. So it's, uh, it's yeah. Uh, it's, sorry? <laughs> 12 hack. 12 hack. No, it's 15 hack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 
I'm the interpreter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, 15 hack. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it fits beer, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that runs it easy. Yeah. Uh, and it even has a mark, uh, 1,500 liters on one of oh, the yeah. pages. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what are, what are all the different tanks? Yeah, so, is mash, uh, mash louder mash kettle or mash kettle whirlpool? Have you got? It's semi-automated, so we got we work with uh, controller there, and then uh, yeah, we just had a canning run. It's a bit messy now. Yep. So we got two switch ports. Put that away. Um, oh, the, so, the viewers are going to be like, oh my god. Oh yeah, all <laughs> So yeah, two switch ports, so yep. manually controlled, you could say, to transfer from one vessel to the other. Yep. Uh, and just the temperature controls and the pump controls are on the PLC. Yep. Um, first step is mesh, as I just said. Yep. From the mesh, we transfer it to our loader ton. Yep. Uh, so separate loader ton. Um, from the loader ton, we can do our recirc. I don't have a ward grant, I don't have the room for it, yep. so I got this thing. So it, it actually is connected to the top of the tank oh, yeah. and the bottom. So if the pump sucks too hard, so yep. you're creating like a negative pressure under the filter bed, the level will drop. Yep. So that's why yeah. just my old-fashioned yeah. pressure control vessel, you yep. could say. Um, so yeah, loitering, so filtering. And this is my uh, kettle world group. Yeah, right. With a condensing chimney. Um, so yeah, we weren't allowed to go through the roof. Yep. So we have this. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, more from, not from the, the owner of the building, just the council. Yeah, the right. Regulations for odor and all that yep. stuff. But it works for me. Yeah. So, uh, from the kettle world we'll go back, transfer to this, Little filter, it goes through the dash filter. Yep. Used today's well for our canning run. Heating changer. Uh, the heating changer is um, one stage. Yep. So we got like a cold liquor ton and a hot liquor ton. Yep. So that's jacketed as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, so we cool that to if it's an, an EO of 10 degrees, if you're doing lagers, mm -hmm. 5 degrees. And that gives us enough, enough water to do a double batch. Yeah, okay. Uh, and we recoup that water in the HLT. Yep. So we can use it for the next group. Yeah. So, yeah, so we don't. And saves energy. Waste. And there's no glycol in the in heat exchanger. Yep. So there's no risk of like cross contamination, contamination and stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty basic, but pretty yep. good. Yep. Uh, then here, yeah, again, we had a canning run today, as you saw. Yeah. Earlier. Yep. Uh, I was on the line. We only we don't have brides. Yep. Okay. We only have unit tanks. Is that a traditional Belgian thing, or this is just a space uh, saver? Space and, and, and size you yeah. are at, I reckon. I think brides are good if you want to have a centrifuge or whatever, yep. and you want to transfer the, well, clarify whatever. Yep. Well, we keep it all in one tank, so yep. if you don't transfer beer, we can't pick up oxygen. Yeah. Um, so it makes it safer not to oxidize beers yep. and all that. We do have on every tank, as you can see, the spawning valves. Yep. This one is actually fermenting still a little bit. Yep. So all the beers get naturally carbonated. I was going to ask that. Is that what you use it for? Yeah. So, yep. so you can see we don't have any massive CO2 system outside. Yeah. We just have the basic bottles. Yep. That's because we don't use a lot yeah. of CO2. We just uh, so rely yeah. on the yeast to provide yeah. what you need. Yeah. yeah. Uh, carbonated. Of course, the beers are not always cool then. So yeah. The final coordination still has to happen. Yep. That's why these are called uni tanks. So you've got your sample port for your zalman eagle or whatever. Yep. Uh, and you've got your carbstone in here as well. Yep. Uh, so that that little bit that we want to carbonate it, we yeah. can still do that there. Yep. Breaking arm. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. All, all you need actually in one vessel. Yeah. To, well, do it all in one vessel and clarify it as well. So it works yeah. fine. Yeah. And how many of them you got? You got. Uh, multiple size. Single, so these used to be in my garage yep. on the pilot system. <laughs> I did fill them now uh, with the small br uh, brew because yep. then if I only use the bottom jackets, I can fill them up with like yeah. 800 liters. So a small batch. So those two, you could say now I'm using them as a pilot. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
than the 12 hack or 15 hack almost you can fit in it. Yep. Uh, in these ones, and then we got the double batch on the side. Uh, yeah. Uh, four of them. Probably could use a few more, but yeah. Yeah. Need more money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's always about that, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, double batch ones, and and yeah, as you can see here as well, this one is still ticking away fairly big. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, and you can actually got uh, this. Yes. Turn them in. That's maybe not the nicest part there. Uh, yeah. This one is a bit better. You can see it as well. So I'm actually raising the the pressure yep. as I go towards the end. So you can see it bubbling now, and I'll start turning in the spawning valve, see when it stops, and that will build up a bit more pressure. Yeah. So, and the and the fermentation. I don't do pressure ferments. Yep. Because I think it creates a lot of uh, chance of flavors. Yep. Flavors you don't want in the beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We just cap it under fermentation. Do the nat natural carbonation. And yeah. We'll yeah. That's and awesome. And can or keg from there on. Uh, yeah. Seems to be working fine. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. Man, thank you so much. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> <laughs>
based upon one of his older recipes that he had and then together with Jimmy's creativity and everything yep. and it is a rocker of a beer. It is. That's an amazing yes. beer. Yeah, that Absolutely. tastes amazing. Yes. Might have to drink that and accidentally top it up when you're not looking. That would <laughs> always be a clock, right? I know, right? That yeah, is what that's exactly right. Said. Is it beer o'clock yet? <laughs> yeah. So, all good. And I'm drinking our blonde, 5.2% uh, Belgian pale ale, actually. Yep. Um, so, it's a single um, one type of malt used for a, the normal amount of water. Yep. And it's why the double, the triple, the quadruple goes yep. up in, in ingredients and everything. Beautiful beer. Um, it's a mainstay, hey? Uh, sorry? It's like a, one of your core range. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mainstay. Yeah. Never heard that word. Yeah, don't ask me what it means, but I know that this is the situation <laughs> to use it. <laughs> no, okay, so it is our mainstay beer. It's a mainstay beer, beer yeah. Yes, and um, drinks beautiful, uh, subtle hoppiness, subtle fruitiness, and really enjoyable beer all it's won a few long. awards, hasn't it? Yes, absolutely. Champion European style <laughs> air last yeah. year on the Indies. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And how many taps have you got in your We've beer? got 14 taps. And we also do one ginger cider, which absolutely is a seller here in the tap room. Yep. It's a perfect blend between a ginger beer and an apple cider. So when you think ginger, you get the ginger. When you think apple, you get the apple. Yeah. yeah. Yum. And pizzas? Pizzas. Over there, we have got a tiny but amazing kitchen in partnership with Double Zero, and they throw out the best pizzas you'll you'll ever find. Yeah. Yeah. So um, after we go upstairs and um, have a bit more of a chat, um, what are you going to drink when we go upstairs? Ooh, I. Have you been thinking about? Because I've been thinking about it as soon as I walked in. I'm like, I know. We... <laughs> and then this threw me. I was like, oh, I didn't yeah. know there was a dark lager on. Um. Yeah, I'll see what I'll grab upstairs. I, it's always a hard pick for me because I want the there is, there is. I'll get you a framboose, <laughs> but there is always a moment and a time for every beer. Oh, yeah. And there's a beer for everyone, hey. Absolutely. That's the thing that a lot of people forget, and I think they get distracted with. Yeah. You don't have to like everything. No. Nope. If you can find something. And sometimes you just have to try it. It is just trial and error. But. Yes, absolutely. And actually, all our beers here on tap, they're all individually very different to one another. You yep. do not find two similar beers on tap. Mm. They're all very, very different. How many people have the quad and don't realise what a quad means? We always explain it to them. <laughs> as in, sir, it's prior to 4pm, 5pm. Maybe start with something lighter and finish up with the quadruple. <laughs> Uh, but we, we know our regulars and, and we've yep. got quite a few people that really go solid on the on the quadruple. Yeah. yeah. You're pretty big in um, the Belgian scene, like the Belgians support you. Yes. Uh, quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, we've got a good relationship with the Belgian club in Victoria. Uh, we have sent pallets out of, of beers already and then they distribute that uh, amongst the Belgian expats. Yeah. Uh, we also work very closely with the Belgian embassy. Uh, we have for two years in a row already produced a beer for them uh, with honey from the Belgian embassy grounds. Yeah, right. And then um, even this year the royals, the Belgian royals came out to Australia and yep. our beers were served on the official reception. Yeah, when are you sending a container over? To Belgium? Yeah. It's way too expensive. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends and family have been pestering me about that for <laughs> quite a while already, but yeah. Are you in like a, is there a Belgian tour guide? Like people like, oh, what's a must see when you come to Australia? And people go, oh, you have to go. I will say, so we speak Flemish, yep. which is similar to Dutch, um, and French is also an, a national language of Belgium. I speak French of Flemish in here, in my tap room, with a new Belgian every yep. week. Yeah, right. So every week we see a new Belgian person come in into the tap room and, and say that, oh, we live on the Gold Coast, we live in Brisbane, we are on a holiday, we came to Australia. That's I, excellent. I have had people from Belgium on holidays here in Australia and purposely come here. That's yeah. what we do. Oh, we are Belgians. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's sit down and finish this beer and then um, we'll go upstairs and have a bit more of an interview. You're halfway down already. Yes, yeah, it's, it's beer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Well, Annalise, thanks for having us here today. We've been downstairs and we've shown us some cool beers. Um, what are you going to drink out of your range that we tried downstairs? Because well, I've already chosen mine. Yes, you already <laughs> chose the framboos. I'm going to go for the courtyard. I really, really enjoyed this one. Excellent. Yes. Um, so, yeah, now we're upstairs here in the aircon. We've walked through your brewery and had a look. You had craft punks here earlier? Yes, this um, morning. Yeah, this morning. Yeah, we. Um, I was even on the line helping them out. We did our interview with Scotty, um, which was excellent. Is that the? Is that how you meant to pour Belgian beers, or it's just? Is there a proper way to pour? You, Belgian you beers? do have to hold your glass on an angle. I did that earlier. Ah, okay, but all good. You did a good job. Yeah, but I wanted it to sit up nice, and I love this beer. This is always a good beer. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. Let's have a cheers. cheers before we get too far into it. Yes. And look at the heads on these beers. Mm. Actually, could you cheers together and like look at the camera and I'll use oh, that as a screen grab for the um, thumbnail? I just told them to get ah. it. Oh. Pretend it's a photo, even though it's not. Yeah. Beautiful. Great. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, so obviously tasting great as always. I tried um, when the canning line was on your new Pacific Ale. Um, is it Pacific? Australian it's Pale? It's an Australian Pale Ale. Yeah. Um, Jimmy was proud to give me one. He goes, oh, mm -hmm. check this out. Yeah, it was. The desalinated water. Yes. Um, was great. Thank you. As it was well. actually a project uh, with Veolia yep. that we did. Um, so they desalinate ocean water and everything. And it, they've asked us to make a beer for them to showcase um, the desalinated water. Yeah. And that it can be used for making beer and other human consumption yep. and everything. And the beer turned out amazing. Yeah, it was great. I was talking to Jimmy about it. He said that it, he just treated it like it was RO water and then just went at it. Yep. But yeah, the hops in it were great. As soon as I tasted it, I was like, oh yeah, this is... Perfect. Yeah, I had it out of a can because I was on the canning line. So, As you would. what are you going to do? <laughs> With one hand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, Maddox, like you guys have been going... Oh, how long have you been here now? Uh, just over two years now. Yep, so for the people who don't know, um, and I don't know why they wouldn't know, who you guys are. Um, There's as... still a fair amount of people that do not know us. Oh, yeah, well, they need to get their heads read, but for those that <laughs> don't, <laughs> especially our five listeners, um, who, are, who is Maddox? Like, where did it start? Where did it, like, do you guys didn't just wake up one day and go, let's make a brewery? Well, there is that segment of waking up one day and what are we gonna do with our lives? Um, no, we um, are, the only Belgian-owned and operated brewery in Australia, yep. so far that I know. Um, so we are from Belgium ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, migrated in 2016, and we came to Australia to purposely brew beer for the best beer drinkers in the world. Yeah, right. You guys. You're and welcome. <laughs> what we do is we, we yeah, of course, because being from Belgium, um, our speciality is, of course, brewing Belgian-style beers. Yep. So, and that's what we do, and we seem to be doing well, I, although I do not like to put, and this is a saying that we say in Flemish, I do not like to put feathers in my own bum, yeah. but <laughs> here in Australia, apparently I have to put them on my head, yeah, yeah. but we stick them in our bum, um, as in, it appears that we are doing it well. Yeah, well, well you are, you've recently um, just won an award at the Indies, because I was Proudly there to watch you get up on stage, <laughs> not not Jimmy. No, uh, he, he was, was at home asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you'd already won an award that night as well, um, like a couple of golds and things oh, as yes. well. Um, but then, yes. Yeah, so what did you win? Tell us what you won. We won champion Australian independent small brewery for 2023. And that's not even just Queensland. That's Australia wide. Yes. You've like championed that. That yes. was excellent. More feathers in my bum. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, I wonder if it's a peacock reference. Well, oh, look, right. those chickens but, as well. Yeah. <laughs> See me going? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was that was so great. It was um, it was great to be there yes. and, and watch you get up on stage and you were in tears but happy. You were I was like, amazed. <laughs> amazed. Um, look, it, it showcases um, the outstanding quality of the beers because a champion um, trophy is not one particularly on one beer 
it is one because out of all the beers that you entered into the competition, it showcased that you were capable of making more than one gold. They were highest quality yes. across the board. So out of the seven beers that we entered, we got five gold, one silver and one bronze. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, great result. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, Kudos I was... to Jimmy who brews the beer as well. Yeah, 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 100%. Jimmy. Well, speaking of, like, it, it is not just a you and Jimmy team, is it? Like, it's, this is literally a family-run yes. business. Um, like, what's going on here? You got? Um, yeah, we've got our nine, now 19-year-old son working with us as well. Yep. As the assistant brewer, and he's well underway to one day become head brewer as well. Um, so yeah, he brews. The beers with his dad, yep. and they are an amazing team. Uh, work really well together. They're yep. like 100% same in chara <laughs> character, <laughs> characteristics, and all those things. Um, no, they're having great fun downstairs. Um, I'm having great fun to be able to work with my family as well. We yep. still have got a, a daughter as well who's still studying. Yep. Uh, but then she helped us out with, for example, when we opened this brewery, she did the design of the tap room. She did the mural downstairs. Yeah, cool. um, she, she likes to be on, on more the designing yeah. side of things. We do have a marketing person here in uh, at Maddox as well, but she will always be the first one to say, mom, you didn't do this one, and mom, you should have done this, and mom, those colors need to be amended to that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But sometimes good to have those people yeah. as well tell yeah. you those things because you can just go off on your own and think, yeah. this looks great. Yeah, um, no, we are an amazing team. Yeah, yeah. it's excellent. The um, Maddox itself, what does that mean? Maddox itself, um, I do get... Um, who, 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 like, do you get many people call it Madoki? Oh, Madoki, Mad Dog. <laughs> Madoki, um, it is Madoc, yep. um, and it comes from something about our hometown. hometown. It is actually the reference to a medieval story writer that wrote in the 1200s a tale that um, is very prominent in the Flemish literature. Yep. I had to work hard to pronounce yeah. that one. Literature. <laughs> See, no yeah, one's yeah. stuffing it <laughs> Just up. say it the once and then... Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so it goes back to a medieval story about Reynard the Fox. And he, Madoc, he appeared to be the writer of that story. Yeah. Um, it's a medieval tale. It, it goes about a very sly fox that does everything wrong. He steals, he murders, he does not the so happy things with females and everything. All those things think medieval times, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, society was very cruel. Um, and very different. And very different as well. So um, Reynard the fox, he needs to get punished because all the animals in the animal kingdom came to King Noble the lion to complain about all the things that Reynard had done wrong. So King Noble sends out his army consisting of a, a bear, a ram, um, a hare, all those animals to go and capture Reynard, but Reynard's sly as he is. He always sneaks He's a out. Fox. He always <laughs> sneaks out. So it is a story which is very, very prominent in the region where we are literally yep. from. Um, all the town names are a reference towards the story. We've got marketplaces, street names, benches, statues everywhere in our area. Mm. So for us, it's a little bit a piece of our home, a little bit of our yep. culture. Not that we wanted to build a medieval castle or anything, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's about Maddox, it's about the rain out the fox, it's about a story. Yeah. That's why our baseline for Maddox is also a story in every beer. Yep. Where does the name Maddox come from? Where are we coming from? Why yeah. did we migrate to Australia? What is the story about our beers? Why are we doing Belgian style beers? Why yeah. is a wit beer called a wit beer? Why is a triple called a triple? Why? What's the story behind the saison? There are so many stories that that we can tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's that part of the fun, the like the education to other people about. Oh your culture and where you're from through beer or is it um you just want to talk about where you're from oh no it's you just love beer i <laughs> I, I love beer i love storytelling i love educating people um about um belgium europe and, and the cultural differences as well same as like we just said about putting the feathers in your bum yep. because i love those 
typical Flemish sayings and how they translate to English. Yeah. It's hilarious <laughs> yeah. sometimes, but it's great fun. So in our tap room, um, I always love the educational part. I love going to, from table to table and telling people about the stories about Maddox, Rain Out the Fox, the stories behind our beers, the stories where we are from. Yep. Our guests have so many questions. When you walk into a brewery, you are intrigued with with the beers, the persons behind it, the yeah. stories and everything. And that is what we really try to bring over to our customers as well. Yeah. So I, I love it. Um, even our taproom staff, when they are serving a beer or when we have a customer that comes in for the very first time, we really try to take them on a journey and explain to them what the beers are and, and where they come from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you, like, why Australia? <laughs> and why Gold Coast? Like, um, surely the climate here is definitely not the same as no, um, over in Belgium. No, it's way better up here. It's way <laughs> better. Um, why Australia? What, what's not to love about Australia? Oh, it's not. There's, no, we all love it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was an exchange student in 97. Did a, a year in Mentone, Melbourne. Did my year 11 there. Spent a year with a host family. And just fell in love with... Australia, the culture, the weather, the people, well, culture, yep. huh? but there is a great culture in Australia. It's a different culture. It's a new culture and everything, and, and, yep. and it's so great to experience and see that as well. Um, but no, I just loved Australia and always wanted to come back, but then you go back to Belgium. I was only 17, 18. Um, so you still have got the whole life in front of you and then mm. you meet the man of your dreams, you start a family together, build a business, build a house and you're just stuck yep. in life. <laughs> um, but yeah, then after 15, 20 years, we, well, I decided to, na na na, I'm going to change all this. Uh, let's sell everything that we've got, our house, the business, not the children though, we didn't <laughs> yeah. sell them. Uh, we took them um, to Australia. Um, and we decided to make the big move to Australia yeah. and, and brew beer for all of you. Yeah. So it started in your garage, hey? Yes. And that's another story <laughs> on its own. Um, yes, um, coming to Australia from a different country, it means visas, visa applications, doing a big IELTS test, an English test, because we are not uh, native English yep. speakers. My wife's Vietnamese, so yeah, I'm, I know all about visas. Yes, and absolutely. Get, yeah. And um, so we were actually only eligible for a temporary visa because Jimmy failed yep. his English test. Uh, Jimmy. Yes, <laughs> he knows. He heard this story multiple times. Yeah. Um, it comes up often. Yeah. Um, so under our visa conditions and being a temporary visa, we were not allowed into metropolitan areas. We had to stay regional. Yep. And um, behind the big highway here on the Gold Coast, that appeared to be regional. Yeah, right. So we started um, out of Pacific Pines. We were not allowed to, for example, have two premises under our name, buy one, rent one, was not allowed, only one residence. Yep. And everything that we did had to be done then as well from that residence. So we started as the smallest commercial brewery for Australia out of our 36 square meter home garage yeah. and it was uh, completely licensed, development application approved yeah, and right. everything, so everything was fine, no issues there, although council did say we ain't doing that again. <laughs> um, but no, we, we started as the smallest one yeah. and it was that tiny little hidden gem out yep. in suburbia and apparently we made some noise and our brand started to spread from our garage. Yeah, well, yeah. I remember years and years ago, um, one of my mates who my home brew group, um, Shane Glenn, Glenno, um, he went down to your garage and he's very keen about starting breweries, constantly got it on his brain. He's a great brewer. Um, he's down in Wagga Wagga now, shout out Glenno. Um, but um, I remember he bought some beers back for the home brew club and we were all like, what are these? And yeah. oh my, it was great because homebrew people are nerds about beer, Absolutely. as you know, right? Like, you're all like, how can we brew these? What can you get? And then when you get like some Australian brewed Belgian beers, yeah. like, whoa, it's yeah. blown away. Um, so you were on our radar very early on. Um, what was it like that choosing to go big? Like, 
Uh, well, we quickly ran out of beer out of the garage and we just saw that there was potential for us. There was a market for us. We saw the Belgian imported beers being taken off the shelves in the bottle shops because the craft beer scene was booming. Yep. So I'm talking 2018 when we started out of our garage. Um, but there was still that demand for Belgian and European beers, although they weren't important that much yep. anymore because the craft beer scene was booming and more and more breweries popped up and, and asking for more shelf space. Um, but the fact that we were able to brew it from Australian land, Australians are very patriotic as well and, and we love everything which is made here, made yep. local. So we've, we had those things um, really backing us up as well. and. Um, yeah, we, we appeared to be making good beer and through all of that, um, people wanting to still buy European beers but then brewed here in Australia, it really pushed us and, and, and put us on the map. Mm. So we ran out of beers in the garage pretty quickly and visa conditions then were all approved and everything. Um, we had to do something and we, we needed to grow. Yep. So, um, but then also COVID came, all that, that yep. had its struggles, <laughs> finding a, a premises and everything. Um, but yeah, we're here now two years in, two years and a couple of months yep. in a bigger brewery where we increased our capacity by at least a 15 fold, uh, like from the garage. Yeah. Uh, we've got a full tap room now and we are slinging beers, yeah. brewing beers and, and selling it all. Well, just recently you've added, uh, well, probably not recently anymore, but the pizza yeah. um, little kitchenette downstairs, has that made it easier Absolutely. for your business? Yes. Um, so at first we started with food trucks, great people, great food and everything, uh, but it was harder with consistency sometimes, mm. finding the food trucks, Definitely, the, yeah, rotation of, the rotation of the food trucks and everything. Um, so we partnered up with an Italian restaurant, the best Italian restaurant on the Gold Coast, by the way, Double Zero. Um, <laughs> and they um, hire out uh, a tiny space out of our tap room in which they installed a massive pizza oven yeah. and they're slinging out pizzas for everybody. And now we've got consistency, great food, people know what to expect, yep. what food is on and it just, it works. Yeah. Is is that the exciting thing as well, that you just keep getting to add these little bits on that yeah. help showcase your product yeah. um, and move it through? Yes, I also believe that when building a brewery, don't go full throttle from at first, like the biggest, the best, yeah. the brightest, we are doing it all. We did it the other way around. Yeah. So we've got a tap room. Yeah, we were working with food trucks, we, we've got a couple of beers on tap, we've got um, guest steps and everything, yep. but we're trying to add on continuously as our function room upstairs is an add-on. Um, the comedy and, and things that, that work great. We always try to bring new stuff and every time that you come in here, it doesn't work every time yep. if you come every week, but try to like lift up the game every time over and over again. Yeah. Do you... You're um, space up here. So this is, you were mentioning about your function room up here. Um, this is where you have your comedians yes. and everything and that's going off, doesn't it? It that goes off goes every Friday. Up. Yeah, it, it like literally nearly sells out every week. Yeah. So um, it's um, organised by Based Comedy, so a third party. They come in every week with uh, a few, how do you call it, pre-acts and then a headliner. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, support acts. Support acts, yep. absolutely. Um, the room books out 60 people every week. We've yeah. got our own bar upstairs, own toilets, um, food can be brought in from downstairs and everything and people just love it. It's yeah. such a great living room experience as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. When you do functions up here, like do you allow people to put on whatever beers out of your range if up they here? they ask, can... we do. Yeah. yeah. It, um, how many beers have you got in your range? Oh, good question. Um, I think like we consistently brew up to 15 or 16 beers. Yep. That Is that we... normal in Belgium? Like no. to have those sort of amount no. of beers? The, apparently it's kind of normal in Australia that you have to bring <laughs> yeah. out new beers over and over and over again. And that is a tricky part because indeed in Belgium with us, a brewery 
tends to go on one, two, three, four beers. Yep. And not really care about limited releases or newest things and everything. They've got their four core range beers and they That's go on they it do. for years and years. And absolutely, they will perfect them as well, not a problem. Um, but yeah, no, Australia wants us to continuously bring out new beers. It's not an easy task. Yep. Um, and on the same hand, the beers that we have, the 16 beers, they all sell equally as well. So it's yep. really hard for us to, to pick a winner. <laughs> to pick a winner and to con like decide on, okay, this is our four core range beers and then we're gonna push all four, all these four. Because then they say, yeah, but, but what about that beer? And yeah. what about that beer? And this, okay. So that that is the hardest part yeah. for us. Yeah. How do you find, um, and I'm sure you know, we talked to Jimmy, but he doesn't like being on camera. That's why I was in bed <laughs> for the awards. Yeah, also. Um, Although how, we didn't knew that we were going to win. Though. No, no, well, that's... <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yes. <laughs> um, you, like the ingredients, like you're not just using regular old yeast and stuff, are you? Like I'm sure you're getting some yeast from Belgium that's uh, well, unique yes, we to do. Belgium. It's, it's I know, actually the Australian Pale I know is USO5. That's um, I think the only beer that we've got with the USO5. <laughs> uh, no, we've got like whew, 14 different yeast strains in our brewery that yep. we propagate ourselves. So starting from a tiny little package and that Jimmy cultivates up, um, up to the required volume. Um, but we, we, we do get them in from overseas. Um, they are Belgian strains. Yep. Um, unfortunately, they have to travel over America as well. Oh really? Um, that's that's how it works. Yep. Um, because the the main bank is there. Yep. Of course. Um, but we are investigating into Australian yeasts as well, uh, because they are great yeast producers here yep. in Australia too. Same as what we do with uh, the malts and the hops, of course. And it's also a question that I get asked often: Where mm. do you source your ingredients from? Because you're European, do you source everything European? There is definitely a part that only can be uh, bought in Europe um, because nobody else makes it that we do get in. Yep. But like your candy, sugar, yes, stuff, for yep. example, which unfortunately has to go over America as well because <laughs> there's like they, the producer has got given the rights to an American distributor mm. for Australia, and we tried to go direct, but they wouldn't allow us. Yeah. Um, so, in order to reduce the ecological footprint and everything, we are working pretty hard in our research and development program to recreate the, Bel the Belgian-style beers, but with Australian ingredients. Yeah, okay. And the Blonde, for example, is a perfect example in which we already succeeded far. Yep. Um, last year, it was crowned champion European-style beer yep. for the Indies, 2022. But using the local malts. With using local malt, so it contains more than 80% Australian grown malts. Yeah, right. So now we are trying to tip that up with Australian yeasts, and then we can see if we can find any Australian hops that have got the same European mm. characteristics. Is that just for the ecological footprint or just cost-wise as well? It's, it's both. Yep. It's both. Because mm. it, it's not cheap, right? Nothing is cheap these no, days no, anymore. No, definitely not. It's all Nothing gone up, is eh? cheap. But yeah. look, um, if we can contribute to to yeah, being more environmental friendly and everything, we will 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 investigate and do our best. Yeah. So we've got more beers in the pipeline that are being trialed and errored with with Australian malts and and such. Uh, but it's all research and development yeah. so yeah, it takes some not, time it's not an overnight thing hey no, it takes a long not. time yes <laughs> absolutely um we're coming to the end is there anything that you want to talk about that you think um someone like that you've never mentioned before that you think someone might be interested to know about the matic journey what i have not never ever told before yeah, but yeah. I've, I, I always say you're too much. You're a very much. open and giving person, <laughs> I know. Because you're Ooh. actually, let's talk about um, the beer judging, because you and I are beer judging yes. um, at the Queensland um, Awards next month. Um, this will come out 
either around or during or after, I'm not sure where this is yeah. going to land. Um, do you, how much of that knowledge do you bring back here and talk to Jimmy about? Uh, that is something that I've never discussed before. Correct. Who? <laughs> um, we, although we are judges in those competitions, we do learn continuously. Oh, it's never ending. Of that journey on of the floor, yeah. And it is so great to see the variety of beers that are presented to the table. Um, yes, I might be more comfortable with European style beers and, and judging them because I recognize those flavors and, and smells yep. faster, potentially. Um, there is one beer style that I absolutely cannot judge, which is hazies. Yep. Why is uh, that? Because they are too, I do, for me a beer needs to have that typical beer flavour to it. And as long as the typical beer flavour doesn't come to the surface for me, I cannot implement it in my, in my brain that it is a beer. And yep. with those real solid hazies that are like fruited and, and I want to say fruit juice, but I know it's not, and I do not want to offend <laughs> anybody. But I had troubles on the last competition that I really, I, I just put my papers there as in I cannot judge these because I've got no opinion on how to judge what I need to be looking for because yep. they're all tasting too fruity for me. But that is the purpose of those mm. beers. Yep. So um, yeah, we had a good laugh when I came back <laughs> with Jimmy, but. As far as it comes to um, the learning journey from judging, um, I do try to take that knowledge um, up here as yep. well and then see how we can improve our beers even better. Mm. Yeah, well, yep. that's the end goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Better beers all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I reckon that's excellent. I reckon we should just sit down and finish these beers. Oh, absolutely. And, um, They're getting warm. Yeah, yeah. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thanks so much for having us. You're welcome. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.